Good afternoon, Robert. I'm okay, thanks. Yeah, I'm a bit cho- I'm a bit throaty. Uh, I've got a very sore throat, and um, I got pinged yesterday. Oh, so, uh, but I've I've tested, and I'm I'm negatory. So um, yeah, watch the space. <clears throat> Fingers crossed, you stay that way. Yeah, um, I think I'm just a bit run down from the lads' weekend that I've been on. Well, if you will go out um, rabble rousing. That's it. That's me to down to a T, isn't it? Really? In the north as well. Yeah, I've been. I went to Newcastle, and it was very nice. A lovely place, Tynemouth. Absolutely beautiful little town on the on the seaside. I don't think I've ever been there. Yeah, really beautiful. <clears throat> and I walked up to Whitley Bay. Lovely. And, uh, although somebody tried to get Satnav to um, Whitby Bay. Oh, Whitby. <laughs> Well, that's that's still up north, but that's a that's a good trek. That's a that's a, that's a long afternoon walk, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Welcome to uh, welcome to North v South, the podcast that is and isn't about design. And this is episode one hundred and three. If you haven't listened before, I'm Rob Turpin, and on the other end of technical gizmos is uh, John Elman. Yep. Hello. I'm here down south, and Rob's up north <laughs> in spirit. Yeah, in spirit, not particularly. Well, you are north no. to me. Yeah. yeah. Aside from the sniffles, how's your week been? Oh, it's, it's crazy busy. I've got loads on loads on at the moment. And um, I just had a nice email from the school saying I've got a meeting at four o'clock, which I didn't know about. Has Kitty, has Kitty been a bad girl or is this to do with your governorship? Yes, it's a, go- it's a governor thing, a curriculum thing. But um, yeah, I wish they'd, um, they're, no, they're not very good at communication, schools. Hmm. I would have thought they'd be better at it, but you'd imagine so. They're not. Or technology, they're not good at. Uh, as we found out during lockdown, many parents who, uh, or some parents who might be listening to this, would probably agree with me that the uh, communications from schools is lackluster. Have you got a drink? Have you got a drink? A beer? Well, it's lunchtime, John. So I'm not beering because I've got to work this afternoon. So I've got a coffee. Oh, I've got a, uh, a fizzy water. Very That's rock it. and roll. We'll have to do some evening um, podcast recording so we can Definitely. get back on the beer. Oh yeah. Well, that's actually that will lead me into what's on my desk at the moment is that I've st- I can't do the evenings that we normally do um, because I've started a seven week, seven or eight week course with a uh, a games company, and I'm learning to make desktop games. Did I mention this last week? That's no. my catchphrase, isn't it? No. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and I've been sent away to do some homework. It's uh, they're called Needy Cat Games, and they the ex Games Workshop um, cool. game designers made some pretty cool games. But they're doing courses into sort of the process, and actually, it's really interesting how closely it follows design in general. You know, web yeah. design, brochure design, whatever, uh, in the way that you approach things. Um, uh, yeah, it's really it's really really interesting so, so what kind of stuff does it cover oh any kind of tabletop game so that could be a card game um a game with a board a party game anything really anything that you sit down and interact socially with other people mm. uh, which is funny that i've got that interest in that kind of thing because i'm the least sociable person i know little hermit <laughs> um but yeah and uh, so I've, I've been sent away to do homework i've got to come up with five concepts for games and then write a 50 word sort of synopsis on on one of them cool 50 words i could i reckon i can do you can yeah i'm sure you can manage that yeah i'll probably be writing it at 10 to 8 but there we go 
Um, so yeah, that was that was fun, and I, so I'm developing some games, and I thought it'd be a good jumping off point. Yeah, to, uh, to help me sort of get it get it going. Really, um, what else have I got? I've got a box. I turned up back back from Newcastle to a box sitting on the. Um, Please tell me it didn't have Gwyneth Paltrow's head in it. No, <laughs> I wish it did. Yeah, well, it didn't have a vagina in it. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't couldn't resist that one. I, I might have to cut that one out. Uh, so, <laughs> um, no, I got a I've got a lino press um, from a company called Pookie Presses, and they're they're handmade in England um, by a chap, and uh, you can follow them on. Pookie presses. I think they're all over Instagram and all over the socials, uh, and it's it's purple. It's really nice. I can see it in the background. Oh yeah, you can. Yeah, so I'm going to be doing some lino cutting and sort of relief print cutting. I was going to like print, see if I could print the relief on 3D printer and then use that as a print because that could be quite yeah, of course cool. you can. Yeah. Well, you people do that with um, with letterpress stuff, don't they? You know, if yeah. you do letterpress. Um, text like business cards and things people quite often um, 3d print logo stuff to use on that so yeah the i'm gonna give that principles the same yeah so i'm gonna be well, making some little cards i want some more hand handmade things rather than digital yeah on, on well, i look side. forward to seeing what you make but uh, that aside i've got um i've got a proof coming off of the uh of a new print from this northern boy do you know him <laughs> yeah uh, and it's a um it's one of his weird field it's not a weird field. It's a deep space fleet. Yeah. Asteroid Belt Blues yeah. era. Well, we talked last week about how difficult it is to kind of do anything for Ukraine, but I figure doing a little thing is better than doing nothing. And we can all donate to charities and enhance people's voices on social media and stuff. But, you know, I'm a, an artist and illustrator, produce prints, so it seemed sensible to produce a print with the proceeds going to uh, Ukrainian aid charities. So the other day I was, I coloured up a little spaceship and just put it on uh, Instagram and I coloured it up in the colours of the Ukraine flag and it got quite a nice response. So I thought, well, let's let's do something more formally. So uh, I created a, a print uh, called the F- Fleet of Karma Look. So... Ustim Karmaluk was a 18th, 19th century Ukrainian freedom fighter uh, fighting the the Russian invaders. So I thought it was appropriate to name the fleet after him. So we've got a a nice blue and yellow print of spaceships. And hopefully we can raise a a fair amount of money for uh, UNICEF and the Disasters Emergency Committee Fund for Ukraine. That's, those are the ones, yeah. And I've, I've, it's actually live now, so you can actually oh, buy it now. Um, I haven't uh, been able to promote it or talk about it yet because it's literally just gone up. But um, it's available A6, A5, A4, A3. If you want it in custom size um, for your American frames or European frames, then just drop me a line and I'll get it sized. Um, but I've, I've put them on slightly cheaper than normal um, so that we can sell a few more. Cool. Uh, it's kind of always a, a balance, isn't it, between yeah, yeah. the amount. But there, there so um, A6 is a fiver, A5 is a tenner, A4 is 15 quid, and A3 is 25 quid. They do look beautiful, the prints, when they're made, even though I say so myself. They do. And, uh, but they are on to um, 308 gram photo rag, which is a kind of, it's really heavy 
weight paper. Um, so yeah, you are they are nice a things lovely, to own. A lovely print, yeah. And you're giving money directly to aid. All of our profits are going. Uh, once I've obviously paid for the paper <laughs> and postage, but you yeah. can get a free second class postage in the UK. So go for that one. It's very reliable. Cool. It's as fast as first class these days, I think. Um, yeah, and I'm also giving all profits from Ellie Press to the same charities um for throughout the month of march so um Fantastic. The more order the more money we'll raise and uh, i'll let you know how much we raise at the end of the month brilliant but th- thank you in advance if you do buy it um, yeah and if absolutely. you don't buy it then go uh, there's links there just to go straight to those charities and donate cool brilliant so what else is on your desk john well, I've got uh, some uh, talking of print. I've got three lovely things that came in an envelope um, from Mousehole Press, which is um, a chap called Jack. I've forgotten his name. Jack Harrison. Um, he runs the, the little business and he kickstarted these beautiful little. They're sort of like a cross between fanzines and and art, really. Um, and they are solo RPGs. And the thing you do with that is you sit down with a notepad um, and one of these little fold-out um, leaflets, and you sort of you just follow the instructions. Um, so the first one is called Artifact, and it's a game where it's sort of turned um, – he turns things on their heads a bit. So this is about something, uh, an artifact. So you, you can either be a sword or a, a shield or a helmet or magic potion. And you then write and talk about and draw about its life through multiple owners. Um, and there's loads of sort of generating tables on there that, that make decisions for you. Through really that. clever idea. I mean, I am not a gamer of any sort of genre. Uh, so I don't know how innovative that is as a, as a theme for a game, but it, it just sounds incredibly creative to me. Yeah. And it, it's almost mm. like it's a, it's an inspiration maker. Mm. Um, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. uh, Oh, let's put it here. It's an idea generator. Um, and the, 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 the newest one that he's got is called bucket of bolts. I have mentioned that on the, uh, yeah. the podcast before. And that one's about an old spaceship. Uh, Are they all single player? Uh, no, well, this last one, the orbital one, um, is a three to six player RPG. Um, so, and you play a series of factions who are trying to stop this old independent space station from capitulating in a mass global, uh, not mass global, a uh, a um, a, gal- a gal- galaxy wide conflict. Um, you're trying to sort of keep the peace, as it were. Um, so you can you can affect it in all sorts of different ways. Um, yeah, that looks that looks quite interesting. They they sound amazing, and they look beautiful. They're really beautifully produced things, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. Um, he's he's had a bit of issues with um, with flack from people saying that they're very hard to read because they're printed on risograph. They're very uh, contrasty. So, like for example, the bucket of bolts one has got a pink pinky. Uh, like a fluoro color yeah and it's all i think it's been printed on a single drum so when the drum's been changed to the next color it's slightly offset which is fine for you know pictures that can take that but when you're dealing with text yeah it's, it's quite hard so it hasn't come out you know then the other side is not designed for printing but so it's a bit f- fuzzy but i don't really care because he's you know he's experimenting and pushing boundaries and uh, yeah. you can download the game digitally anyway so um as a, as a little object it's absolutely beautiful so um, yeah 
Um, yeah, he's big got, fan he's, of the look of those. Yeah, he's got a new card game out. So if you go onto Mousehole Press, uh, he's got a Kickstarter running for that, and that's going to be a, that's a card game that generates. Um, that's an interesting game as well, where you um, you've got evil protagonists trying to do something bad, and you've got to affect their lives so that they don't do it. <laughs> So again, he's he yeah he's turning things on their head, very good. That is all my news apart yeah. from oh I started this foundation at your recommendation, but I fell asleep. I think it's <laughs> I really think it's great. It's <laughs> yeah. Beautiful looking, uh, yeah. I mean, it is slow paced, gentle paced, but there is action. Uh, it's good. I really enjoyed it. I did. I have I read that. And there's another novel I've read that uses exactly the same. Are we talking about Space Elevator? Yeah. Okay. And it gets blown up by terrorists. Yeah, I don't think that's a spoiler. I think that's in the trailers. But um, I don't know. I mean, Space Elevator is a... I think it's that one, Old War, is it? The old... Old Man's War. Yeah. I think it's in that. Yeah. There's there's quite a lot of stuff. It might be in the Collapsing Empire as well. One of those Scalzi books, I think, and Space Elevator gets destroyed. It's obviously a knowing nod, you know. Yeah. to To the grand old master. Um, yeah, yeah. Kim, well, Kim Stanley Robinson's uh, Mars trilogy has a, the destruction of a space elevator as well. I think persist, John, with Foundation. It's good. I will. I will. I was just tired. Yes, yes. Is that everything that's on your desk, John? Yes, Miss. Well, there's nothing on my desk that I haven't already spoken about because I'm still working on those uh, illustration commissions. And I mentioned Iceland, my trip to Iceland last week. I've got a feeling that's going to get quite a few mentions in the next few weeks until I go. When are you going? First of May. Oh right, it's, I thought yeah. it was next year. No, no, no. Seven, oh. seven or eight weeks time. You've you've been droning on about it. Has, has your yeah. drone arrived yet? I haven't ordered it yet. All oh, right, but I'm I'm sort of beginning to put together a list of kind of everything I need. And one of the things I need to figure out is I'm going to take a lot of photographs out there. So not only do I need to figure out kind of my charging solution for phone, camera, drone, whatever else, I need to work out how I'm going to make sure I don't have some data catastrophe with my images. So I need to work out how to back up while I'm there my SD cards. All oh, right, yeah. There so are um, there are solid state drives yeah, on there. You can I plug it in and they I'm just... hoping I can get something that'll just plug straight into my Fuji camera yeah. and download everything. Um, I can also, it's got two SD card slots in it, my camera, so I can always double up and shoot to both cards in case one of them That's a good corrupts. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully just download everything at the end of each night or every other night and um, should be okay. It's quite weird. I've not really planned for a, a photography trip longer than four hours before. So uh, planning one for two weeks is a bit of a test. Yeah, that really is. Because um, when you're there and you're in it, it's going to be very hard to fix anything. Mm, it is. Um, and also this week, I, um, I, I've booked the trip through a company called Nordic Nordic Explorer or Nordic Adventures or something. And basically they book all your accommodation around the island. And I only – so you, you book it and then they they go away and kind of source the accommodation and everything. And I got the list through of the hotel, so I was looking at the hotels because I had no idea where I was going to be staying. And there's some amazing hotels. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Really, like wooden cabins on the edge of a lake or just – beautiful looking places so i i kind of got this email yesterday i was looking through them all and i'm twice as excited as i was before <laughs> have you have you got lots of toilets overlooking woods 
because you I, like that, don't you? I do. Yeah, you're like a bear, aren't you? <laughs> exactly. Which is uh, makes dinner parties terrible. But um, uh, yeah, so it's going to be good. I'm going to come back with a lot of photographs. I think and plenty to talk. Well, I might have to do a, an Icelandic special when I'm back. Oh, 100. percent Yeah, yeah. So that'd be good. Um, but that's pretty much. Uh, all I've been up to this week. Did you enjoy the, have you listened to the podcast last week, the 102? Uh, I've started listening to it. I haven't oh, listened to it all. Did yet. you That's like terrible, the soundtrack that Even I, I can't listen to that. Do you know, I didn't, I missed the beginning because oh. I put it, I put it on, wandered off. Listen to this people. Like he, he, this is how much effort he puts into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he turns admittedly, up 10 minutes late. Admittedly, John, you do put in all the effort for the podcast. <laughs> if you don't know, John does all the technical stuff because I'm inept. <laughs> yeah yeah well we'll be talking about ineptitude later on um but i was going to say no it's um it's one of my old uh old records um the wedding present uh it's okay. a ukrainian folk song album from, oh I don't what know. yeah they did a whole because their their first guitarist peter salauka was uh ukrainian descent and um he uh they all recorded they recorded a load of um ukrainian songs for john peel so, uh, well, I, uh, how wonderfully fitting! Yeah, spun Good that work. onto there, uh, breaking all kinds of copyright uh, yeah. issues. But um, you know, I'm sure they'd be fine with it. Yeah, it's um, not as if we're making an, uh, any money out of this podcast, John. No, that's true. Um, yeah, yeah. Sponsors, please apply here. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So, aside a bit of a segue before we crack on with the this, the, the news bit um mm-hmm. so jess has been having all sorts of trouble with her pc and um she's like oh, i need to buy a new one i haven't got any space on it and i bought her a, a, a i think it's a one terabyte uh, samsung ssd drive that I, right. I use myself and i said you can't just you, you know move stuff onto there and don't know she doesn't know how to anyway so the main hard drives f- filled up and it just keeps we empty it and then it fills up again like what's going on and it have you used a windows machine recently no, it's awful. I mean, yes, they're awful. I mean, because they've like their new operating systems are, are layered above the old ones, so you kind of like access a control panel, but you can then get into the really old-looking control. Is that because it's well. kind of like legacy stuff that only runs on? I really don't know. I don't understand. I, you know, you um, you know, in, on the Apple, it's pretty easy to find files that are too big or whatever yeah. but this one i don't know it's all jumbled up together and she's got one drive which is their cloud uh, solution but then she's also got sharepoint which is also one drive but named differently and has a different icon anyway it's a nightmare Jeez. so i was moaning and complaining about this and i found a program that allowed me to see it visually where all the files were guess where the files all were they weren't in the bin no apple icloud <laughs> <laughs> So it's been backing up the phone to it and it just keeps backing oh, it up, even though it was turned off. So, yeah. So it wasn't uh, when, uh, 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 but yeah, uh, and, and that leads me on to uh, nice computers. Uh, there's a new, there's been a new, new computer in town, hasn't there? Mm. Fin- finally, Apple have produced a standalone desktop professional computer that isn't 10 million pounds. It's still blooming expensive. Yeah. So what were, your, what were your thoughts, Rob? I think it's great. Um, I mean, I love my 27-inch iMac. It's perfectly powerful enough for everything I want. I am quite jealous of any computers that's got the new Apple M1 chips in it because they're just so rock solid. And my wife's got a MacBook Pro with an M1 chip in. And as 
apart from being quick, it's just solid. Just doesn't hang, crash. It's it's great. So you know, I'd really like a a Mac with a, an M1 chip, but uh, but it's pricey. Yeah, I mean, because you need a an external monitor for it. You probably want some extra RAM in it, um, and you probably want. I don't know. I mean, if you want an internal hard drive that's got some some volume on it, then you know it adds up very quickly to four or five grand, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, you can get a set. You don't have to buy their stupid monitor, though, do you? Mm. No, no, no that's that has three three different. So it has three different fittings on it. Um, so one's just a, a, a wibbly thing like an iMac. Like an iMac, yeah. One's sort of a cantilevered one. You can raise it up and down. Which is um, an extra 400 quid. <laughs> and then the other and then the other one's a Vaser, just a standard Vaser wall mount that you can yeah. mount it onto the wall. But the problem is that once you've got one on, you can't change them. You can't swap them out. They're actually part of the yeah. part of the screen. So, And the, the computer itself is completely non-expandable, isn't it? Yeah, because the whole thing about Apple's new M1 chip is it's it's memory and chip and graphics card all on one bit of silicon. I mean, what if you buy it and you realise that you're out of RAM all the time? Right? Can you get like an external thing that adds more memory? Or no. That's it. You're stuck with it. Yeah. <sighs> I know. A bit nasty, isn't it? It um, is, particularly given Apple's memory prices which are usually about three or four times what you can buy elsewhere. Yeah, it brings you back to the whole sort of uh, fanboy thing of people upgrading to it uh, for absolutely no need whatsoever. Because yeah. I was looking at this. So my my I've got a 27 iMac. Um, I've, I've had quite a few problems with it um, where, it, you know, restarting, especially mm. with Adobe apps, just complete freeze, restart. Yeah. I've, I've actually reinstalled it uh, not so long ago. Um I, and I'm still going through that thing where I keep discovering, um, you know, apps that I don't have. <laughs> I'm like, where's that gone? Or where's that file gone? Well, I just did a completely clean reinstall rather than you know, upgrade. Yeah, I'm tempted to do that because <clears throat> I had a few issues with mine. Every time it restarted, it didn't restart Bluetooth mm-hmm. for 10 or 15 minutes. So you couldn't, you couldn't do anything. I think I paid, I don't know what this was, two and a half Three yeah. grand, maybe yeah. getting up to there. Two and a half. But, so I paid for mine, and um, and the screen is you know I I saw as a bit of a bargain, but now you're looking at with the screen, what is it? Sort of five grand, mm. six grand. Yeah, that's quite a meaty meaty jump, isn't it? And, it is, and, and you can't get a 27 inch iMac now. No, there is there are still rumours that they may bring one out later in the year. Um, so we'll have to see how that. I don't think they will. I think they'll kill it. I think it will just be a 24-inch consumer machine like the old iMac was, yeah. you know, one machine. It's simpler for them, isn't it? It is. Um, and, and I guess you can then get a cheaper monitor. I mean, there's some brilliant monitors out there. For four or 500 quid, you can get a really good you know, 27, 32-inch monitor. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd be tempted to have two smaller ones, you know, next to each other, so I could then have code on one and... You know, little house on the prairie on the other. One. Yeah, I could be watching streaming, little house on the prairie. So you would, so you won't be buying one then? No. Well, I don't know. Really tempted. Um, <laughs> but don't. but they're just they're just so expensive. No, I've only got. I mean, mine's only a year and a bit old, so yeah, I've got another five, four or five years to go on mine. Mine's nearly four, so it's it's beginning to creak a bit. But um, 
Mm. They're lovely things. Uh, so what else is going on? Endurance. That's so cool. So you might have seen uh, that Ernest Shackleton's ship, the Endurance, has been found. And finding a shipwreck, I guess, doesn't necessarily sound that incredible, but a ship that sank 108 years ago uh, and was on the seabed under, I don't know how deep it was actually, um, but it was under, you know, several metres of ice. Um, and they found it in the, the waters off the Antarctic Peninsula. Uh, and it's incredible. And the pictures, the vi- I, I saw this video, first of all, and it's like the scenes of the Titanic, isn't it? Because it's the water's so clear and so cold that it's incredibly well-preserved. And the endurance doesn't even appear to be covered by any silt. So this kind of video from a submersible drone kind of pans around the ship and you see the stern of the ship with endurance and a gold star all still kind of gleaming, um, you know, studded with sea anemones and the odd sort of jelly-like creature. But it's incredibly well-preserved. Apparently it's too cold for any wood-eating microbes down there. So it's uh, they were expecting it to be well-preserved, but I'm sure they were surprised at just how amazing it looks. Yeah, I was listening to um, Dan Snow's podcast. Um, I think it's called History Hit, and he was setting off from South Africa, the last one I, I listened to, actually, and I hadn't been paying attention because I'd been away and all mm. sorts of things like that. So that was about two or three weeks ago. Um and he was just setting off, um, and he had an interview with the with the chief architect, who's uh, architect, the chief archaeologist who's trying to find this thing. Um, he's got I can't remember his name. He's got a, he's I think he might be Irish. He's got a very strange mm. name. Anyway, can't remember it. Um, he uh, yeah, it was just talking about how he pr- was pretty sure where it was going to be, but he was you know he he, was, he wasn't certain. So. Um, yeah, I can't believe they found it. It's amazing. It looks just like something frozen in time. Yeah, I think they found it. So obviously the this was a journey in 19, that set off from 1914. It was the Endurance's first voyage. And it set off in 1914 to explore some of the Antarctic Peninsula. And um, I can't remember what the what else the, the idea of the um, voyage was. But essentially... They sailed to the Antarctic and very quickly, within a few months, got stuck in pack ice. And they were stuck there for two years, two and a half years, mm-hmm. um, before the ship eventually got crushed in the ice and sank. Um, it's weird. It's a, bit, it's a very British thing to kind of uh, see this ship and the mission as in kind of heroic terms because it's, you know, it's very sort of Dunkirk and Titanic-like, isn't it? That, you know, this is a ship that sank on its maiden voyage. Um, yeah. And the mission itself, you know, didn't achieve any of its goals, but it's it kind of goes down in history because of the sort of bravery and fortitude of Shackleton and his men. Its name um, kind of uh, underlines this, the following story of Shackleton's <laughs> yeah, like just insane... It couldn't have been named better, could it? So uh, eventually he decided they they made camp on an ice floe and Shackleton took one of the the sort of the best, the whaling boat in the best condition and sailed 700 miles to 
South Georgia. South Georgia, yeah. Didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, with, well, I think with three crew, three or four crew, and uh, got a rescue party together, um, 700 miles across the Southern Ocean. Just ridiculous. Unbelievable. Just absolutely incredible. And then tragically, he when he came back to do it again in 1922, maybe? <laughs> Well, that was after the First World War, wasn't it? Yeah, on his arrival, he died of a heart attack. Yeah, almost straight away. Oh, yeah, so it was never. I was repeated. reading about about his kind of reputation, and he he was he was kind of ignored for you know thirty or forty years, um, while Robert Scott's um, light shone very brightly in the British consciousness, and eventually, kind of the reports came out about really what a horrible man. Robert Scott was, and uh, interest kind of came back to Shackleton. There was a public, I think, a book was published in the late fifties, um, talking about his uh, his heroic deeds, and uh, he, he sort of, you know, usurped Scott. I think as one of the great polar explorers. But it's it's an incredible story. You go read up on Shackleton and his. Uh, 1914 voyage to Antarctica. Dan Snow is probably the one to watch his um, his yeah. social media uh, streaming is is second to none. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, he's so good. So um, yeah, go and go and check them out. I'll put some. Uh, I'll put the links in the uh, in the show notes. Cool, you can do that because you're technically adept. <laughs> uh, the other thing uh, I noticed this week, uh, we've got a new Star Wars show. Now, I think I um, berated. Star Wars for how appalling uh, the Book of Boba Fett was uh, on uh, on the podcast on the podcast a week or two ago. It was mm-hmm. atrocious. I've got higher hopes for this one because it's Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, Ewan McGregor is back after seventeen years, I think. Oh, what, to- he's playing him in a TV series, or is it a film? Yeah, no a TV series. Oh, right. So basically, this is the bit. <clears throat> so after the prequels, at the end of the prequels. I can't even remember what the is it the Revenge of the Sith or Tackle the, what's the last of the pre episode three anyway after that he essentially Dude, delivers where's my courgette <laughs> he delivers Luke to Tatooine and uh, I don't think there are no no courgettes in hide. Uh, in Star Wars is it? No, pro- well there might be there might be blue or something probably mm. uh, so this is taking up ten years after that so there's a a young Luke Skywalker and um, Jedi Hunters, and it looks pretty good. My only regret is that it's yet another Star Wars thing that set on bloody Tatooine. Yeah. You know, and they talk about it in the first ever film about being, you know, the point in the galaxy furthest away from the centre of things. An awful lot seems to happen on it. (laughs) So I'd really like a Star Wars series set several hundred years in the, the future of the Star Wars franchise uh, at the opposite side of the galaxy with nothing to do with the Empire or Skywalkers or Tatooine. Yeah, they they could mess with time more, couldn't they, where you've got backwards communities, uh, not backwards, but less developed communities, where, you know, they suddenly get discovered by... by, um, yeah, the empire or something, or just just add some depth to it. It's, uh, you yeah. know, I know it's like a you know it is a pancake of uh, of depth to uh, to start the story. 
Um, it's a bit, I'm going to put Star Wars news in there. There's a, like, I found out today there's a, there's a paint company for like if you like painting models or miniatures or anything right. like that. And they make enamel and acrylic paints. They're called Archive X. They're based in the UK as well. Mm. But they've exactly matched the paint colours to the original paints used by Industrial Light and Magic on all the <laughs> models for Star Wars. How cool. So if you want to paint your... Um, kitchen in the exact color of uh i don't know say cloud city or something like that um then or the, you know or a tie fighter or whatever then you can get over to archive x and buy buy the paints how cool yeah it's very cool another bit of news you got any more news well there was it was international women's day this week and you had a lot of companies posting uh stuff about international women's day celebrating the women in their in their businesses and companies, and uh, there was a Twitter bot. Twitter bots are usually not uh, brilliant, but this was a, a, a force for good because I don't know how it was set up, but it basically trolled public information about any company that tweeted mentioning International Women's Day and looked for the gender pay gap uh, at that company and tweeted out about it in reply to the company's tweets about International Women's Day. So you you know, get some company, you know, harping on about how they value their women employees and everything. And then the gender pay gap bot chirps up and says, this company pays its women 58% less than its men. And I thought it was brilliant. And it resulted in, you know, some uh, apologetic tweets and must do better and uh, quite a few deleted tweets. So it's a, a rare Twitter bot for good. And it was quite entertaining to watch it. Another bit of news. Um, I found. A, the, the, have you heard of um, the Library of Things? Uh, I don't think so. So they're a business that are um, setting up uh, little um, community uh, businesses that you can um, input into. You can either donate stuff or you can help organize it or whatever. Um, so rather than a library of books, it's a library of things. So if you wanted to borrow a carpet cleaner or a drill, or mm. so it's basically like a, a hire um, thing, but you can hire yes. by the day. <clears throat> yes. It's not a, like a library where you could borrow a book for free. No, I don't think so. Um, yeah. No, it's, it seems to just have carches and, and projectors and games consoles and things like that. Yeah, pretty um, cool. But you get them, you know, you can get, you can like hire a staple gun for £2 a day or a garden shears for £2 a day. So it's a lot cheaper than a hire place, yeah. which would charge you like 30 quid a day. Exactly. Like yeah. Now, what's interesting about them is that they are crowdfunding. So they are using um, a company called Ethex, E-T-H-E-X, to, okay. uh, to source the... Um, to source the money which but sounds like an ethical crowdfunder i was reading about decentralized autonomous organizations which I mean, puts that, the fear of god into oh, people doesn't it it does to me so basically it's a company that will be that will not have a board not have uh, any kind of um, central responsibility that it's completely distributed across all the investors um okay whether the um so but a dao is traditionally that you you would set your um set your laws and then people mm. buy into that on the blockchain yes um but it's definitely a, a moving market you know this kind of ability to pick a company that you want to uh, back um not only become a customer but also a shareholder and 
have influence on it. Um, I don't know how f- far this theory works because if you buy a lot of the stuff from one company, then surely you've got more power than somebody who just buys one share. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't quite see how that's any different uh, standard share model. No, but it's a good jumping off point for the good, for, you know, to try and see good, good, the good around Web 3.0, as they're calling it. Yeah, I mean, it's a very sort of sci-fi sounding setup. You know, there's lots of, uh, you kind of see lots of things like that in, in sort of uh, utopian science fiction, where, you know, government is decentralized or entirely democratic, where everyone has the same, um, same share, same influence. Yeah, so they're looking to um, incorporate. Uh, they're looking to. Well, how much are they looking to raise? They're looking to raise uh, about three hundred grand, I think. Yeah, it's three hundred and seventy-four thousand pounds. Don't know what the seventy-four quid is for. Probably the uh, <laughs> probably the web designer. Um, the uh, no, but they've raised fifty-four percent of it. There's fifty-one days left. So if you're interested in that, um, and if you live in central London, which is where they all are at the moment. Um, you know they're in trendy places like Dalston and uh, Walthamstow and stuff. But the yeah. Uh, yeah, if you if you if you live there, you can you can go along and use them. I do I do have a few questions about you know who maintains these things. How do they get you know if they break? How do they get replaced? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Yeah. But they've done a nice spin on it in where they're saying that you're not um, that each when you click through to each product, it tells you how much the original cost how much you're saving, how much space of storage space you're saving. Because I guess for a yeah, city... Yeah. That's a huge thing. Yeah. I don't know whether they've imported this from somewhere else or whatever, but um, it's definitely interesting. Uh, yeah, I like it. I like the I like the sound of that. I like the branding. Like Community-led stuff is always good, I think. Yeah. Um, it's just if it's tied to a... Um, uh the blockchain i'm not sure sure mm-hmm. i have to go and look at it further i, I well really like you keep telling true. me like you keep telling me john the blockchain itself is not necessarily a bad thing no it's just what people do with it it's just everything else thing. around it <laughs> speaking of which so i saw that limewire are coming back and they're going to be a what? digital currency i mean if no. if any place wasn't a thieving stealing exactly. area that, that perfectly exemplifies the bad for anyone who doesn't know limewire was uh one of the original kind of peer-to-peer sharing platforms, wasn't it? People used yeah. to steal music predominantly and and films and things. Yeah, you could get any games or anything like that on it. Um, yeah. And it was completely illegal, uh, you know, limited benefit to anybody who wants to make any money. Yeah. Um, I've got a really good you – know, you know we like a bit of map porn. Oh, yes. Found this. This is via Dev In on Twitter. Whoever you are, Devin, I think he's a designer based in the UK somewhere. Okay, um, and it's um, it's a map generator for well, whatever. When you click the link, it will randomly generate a city. So oh, I'm clicking mine, Pearl Fen. Yep. Oh, this is amazing! And then you can choose like uh, what kind of settlement it is, what the color s- scheme is. So for again, it's a bit like the um, the bucket of bolts and the little mini RPGs that I was doing. It's a kind of generator for. Um, uh, creative play isn't it it's just very very clever that and it's so beautifully realized it's yeah. um, it's absolutely mental well it's nice because it's so stylized isn't it the map yeah obviously you know kind of generative things you have to quite often have to limit the amount of sort of detail that you've got and so this is just really simple clear 
Maps. Yeah. You really need to. Nice. Run, you're probably better off running it on a desktop because it uh, struggles yeah. on a on a on a um a laptop uh, on a um tablet um but it's i i'm not going to do the link because it won't work um but anyway i'll put i'll post the uh the link to it it's called city generator but it's um, very cool yeah i don't even know who it's by i should i love the um the naming as well i assume it generates those from a, a list of possible names so i've just clicked on one and it's called raven Meyer. and there's port ward fairy forge spice park gloomfield <laughs> it's great yeah I imagine it's by someone called Wataboo because that's where it is. If you go to GitHub, it's W A T A B O U. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, that is really nice. It's so cool, isn't it? Big fan of that. Um, tennis players have been getting a bad name for themselves recently, haven't they? With sort of yeah. all sorts of vaccine denying nonsense. Yeah. I have to say, I don't normally praise um, Andy Murray, but he has pledged his winnings for the rest of the year to help kids in Ukraine. Um, I just wanted to end the news on that one. That he's a good bloke, Andy not Murray. All, not all bad people. He might be a bit of a curmudgeon, but uh, I think he's a good person. Yeah. I think the um, economic power uh, is really something that I've really noticed in the last two weeks that um, we are – it's quite amazing to see that consumers can push down on things that they consume – no, that's, that doesn't make sense. So consumers can kick back and actually make large companies do things that governments can't do as quickly. Yeah, exactly. You know, all the big companies are sort of being forced by uh, customer pressure to pull out of Russia this week has been astonishing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, hats off to, uh, to Mr. Andrew Murray. And I'm going to – have you got any more news? No. Okay. There has been no more news. I'm going to just uh, bookend my uh, the news uh, about the wedding present, the band that I grew up really loving. They their project this year is called Twenty Four Songs, and um, it's very cool. They're releasing one um, or two singles. Uh, no, one single. I, that doesn't make any sense. Twenty. It oh, yeah, Twenty Four Songs. Yeah, because you've got an A side and a B side, haven't you? Uh, of so course. It's, it's one single every month throughout 2022 which is kind of hark back to their hit parade from 1990-something or other. Yeah, I don't really um, know them all. I mean, you know. They they got a single into the top 40 every week. Um, uh, that was back in, the, back in the day, equaling Elvis's record of doing the same thing. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, but now they've, they're back with 20, uh, 24 songs, so 12 seven-inch singles. The singles are very expensive. They're 11 pounds each. So to buy the whole lot is a big old chunk. Isn't the reason it? for that is um, I was watching a... Uh, Do they a, deliver a them personally? Thing. No, it's just that there aren't any... Um, there are very few vinyl um, factories left anymore. Okay. And the ones that are left are, are, are just trying to churn out Adele's latest album. Or, you know, mm. so they're fully booked. So to pre-book them, they had to go to a specialist one, which cost twice as much money. Um, but yeah, you can go and support them. It's... Uh, 24songs.scopytones.co.uk and uh, if you're an old indie boy like I am you can reminisce about some of their old t-shirts which you can still get hold of <laughs> cool have a look at that okay well, we don't normally do a topic do we but um we we, we stopped doing it but i got an, uh, a message from um a friend of the show um and uh this is from um steve kirkendale and he is an illustrator. He was a 
designer and he was a graphic designer yeah yeah and he decided to just go and do illustration illustration mm. and this is actually part of that debate but he's done it he, he sent me a message saying um i will paraphrase it but he's just done a website for a mate and he designed and developed it and he kind of fell back in love with web development and wondered about offering that service too but he was sort of unsure and wanted some sort of thoughts or feedback on does he market that separately to his illustration work? Does he do it alongside it? Like he, he was asking because he knew that I did that kind of thing. And then this one was the one that got me attention was, do you think there's much call for a newbie 62-year-old dev? For the other answers is, uh, I think you should separate them out from illustration and be different. Um, I don't even know if you need to do web dev. You know, you don't even need to show it off. You could, you know, because as soon as you're in a conversation with a with a customer, you've got to show them working examples, and that's yeah, you know, that's about it. Um, so I would stick. You know, I, I'm not sure I would bother. I mean, I I'm terrible. I don't bother. I've just got an Adobe portfolio, and um, I just go from one job to the next through recommendation. I don't go out and promote or anything. But then I'm an old sea dog. So what do I know? The question is, uh, is there much call for a newbie 62-year-old dev? Well, firstly, how do they know you're 62? Exactly. <laughs> because I very rarely meet my web clients. Yeah. Um, and what skills do you uh, not have that someone who's 30 has? I don't know. What do you think, Rob? What do you think of that? Do you think, it, do you think it's a more um, uh, existential kind of cry for for uh, am I doing the right thing, the thing that <laughs> we all go through. Maybe, but I think there is always a fear if you're taking something new on, isn't there? I mean, I think particularly as you get older. Um, I mean, for me, the sort of the thoughts about trying to take something new on is is the amount of time and effort that you need to put into something before it, you know, you can start reaping the returns, really. I mean, if I started something new now, you know, if I took up pottery, for instance, uh, how quickly could that become a, a thing that I could start making money on? And so I think if you've been doing something successfully, taking on a new challenge with the the idea of that being, a, you know, getting a financial return from that is, is quite daunting. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that becomes more and more daunting the older you get. You know, there's also that kind of fear, isn't there? If you take on something new that you kind of have to make room in your brain for that new thing by, you know, casting something else out. It's like if I start doing web design, will I forget how to draw? Or <laughs> well, that, if I that's start pottery, will, will uh, you know, will my cooking skills uh, deplete rapidly? Or, well, uh, do, you, do you remember Alexi Sales' stuff program on BBC Two? Uh, no. he used to have a he used to have a like a stand up uh, not a stand up show like a a, a sketch show mm. and uh, his one was yeah it, what if somebody comes up to you and tells you you know the capital to uh, Uzbekistan <laughs> and you forget how to walk because that's yes. the last bit of room <laughs> exactly. and, and then he just falls over in the high street exactly that in an ill fitting suit I'm not, I mean I mean that's we're obviously being silly about that but there must be some logic to that isn't there you can't just make space in your brain for new stuff does is it is it infinitely expandable? Your yeah, brain? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you will probably. F- I don't, yeah, I don't know the the scientific technicalities behind that, but I think that, I guess that- um, web is easy to be afraid of web because it's it's so uh, volatile and mutable, isn't it? It's, I mean, it it's terrifies always, me. It's always changing, but yeah. I think if you kind of come at it using your 
your maturity and your experience in other things, then you can limit yourself and cut yourself off from that want to be, you know, the fear of missing out kind of thing mm. that drives the web, the the web industry, and has rather driven it into. Um, a very antiseptic design aesthetic because no everybody's too afraid to break out and do anything else so i think as a 62 year old you can bring something different bring something from your experience into yeah. the into web design um and i think that technically no you can still make you know html and css sites that are very simple they don't need you know we don't need animation we don't need all these kind of things we just need clear concise copy great photos and that's exactly the site that you've sent me as an example steve i think if you're listening um yeah i certainly don't think you know if you think about a, a young web developer you know a couple of years out of college i can't necessarily see any benefit that they would bring to a to a project that steve couldn't bring with his experience of everything else yeah, exactly. Um, so no, I don't think that there's ever a limit to how old you can be. Um, I think that uh, there's a limit to how much you can do. I, mean, I always speak speak of myself as a magpie. I, I, you know, I cannot stick on one thing. I, I mm. jump out all over the place. Um, but I also I don't have the pressure, the financial pressure, to make me, you know, focus on one particular thing. I'm lucky that I. I don't have that. Um, there was a point when I did, and I did, and I just stuck on one particular speciality. So, you know, in the early days, it was, you know, I was a sign. You know, I was into science. <laughs> That's what I yeah. made. You know, and then I was into I, IT a bit, um, and then it was brochures for a long time, just doing brochures, and that's all I did. It's nice to be able to to uh, you know run your fingers up and down the piano rather than staying on the same note. And that's what I love love about my life now is I can dip in and out. I don't necessarily know if I'm learning new stuff, especially with web stuff. I've I've done that thing. I've just stuck right. This is what I know best. They look good. They work. If they work, people, the clients are happy. Then. Yeah, people come to me and they come to me for the service and the and the kind of um, the experience that I bring. They don't. You know, they could go anywhere. Yes, I, I in fact I lost a job today, Rob. I was pitching for. Um, not pitching, but I've been doing quotes for this um, Selborne Trust people, oh, yeah. a sort of group of farm farmers, and it was a really it would have been a great project, but the, um, they decided to go with a printer who could give the design for free, and I was like, well, there we go. But that's the value that uh, that's not that's not the client you want, is it? No, not really. Uh, that's um, that is naive, and I had and I had discussed that with them. Is that you know because the, they they wanted prices for um, the print up front, and I'm like why don't we go through the process of design first and then decide what you want to print? Yeah. Um, but they were fixated on that. Um, and uh, yeah, so they've gone with a printer, which I think is naive, but yeah, there you go. Um, but you have to, um, you have to take the rough with the smooth, don't you? Um, and I think you just keep plodding on. So yeah, I'll be making websites uh, well into my eighties. Uh, I'm not <laughs> planning on retiring. Yeah. So I say, I say, go for it. Um, I say, separate it out from illustration. I think it would yeah, absolutely. Dilute, dilute your offering of your excellent illustration work. I, yeah, I wouldn't put web. Stuff's great. It's really cool, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's really been nice to watch him develop his style. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. That's all I've got to say about that. There's um, there's actually I'm going to put in the show notes um, the Studio DBD yes. uh, on Twitter. They um pointed out a a person's article, a person called Graham Wood, um, saying that this guy inspired me to become a designer. And his he's written a, an article on Medium 
very personal, very heartfelt about struggling to get work as an older designer. Um, I, th- I think he's a designer or create or someone working in the creative industry mm-hmm. anyway. Um, so I'll put that link on there, but that's a, that's a nice. Yeah. One nice. thing I will say about, you know, being an older designer or illustrator or anything in the creative field, I think working from home, you know, being your own boss, freelancing, I don't think that age is an issue. I think if you wanted to go out and try and get a job, I think you would absolutely find that there was barriers. Yeah, I mean, I, I think- would, I would find barriers now. You know, forty nine, going back and trying to find, trying to get a job in a design studio. Oh, I, I would really struggle. I, I'd be shitting it as well. Mm. I, do you know what? I'd feel really out of out of depth and out of place. Well, no, no one would have heard of the wedding present. That's for sure, John. No. No. Yeah. So, and I think that's what this uh, chap, Graham Wood, is, is going through, is mm. trying to find a job. Um, so, yeah, I feel I feel for him. But um, I think there's room enough for being freelance and just Absolutely. seeing what happens. Um, website of the week, Rob, have you got one? Website of the week, uh, worldnaturephotographyawards.com. Um, uh, it's uh, got the winners from 2021, and there's some amazing images. Um the the one at the front of the at the top of the website is just astonishing a leopard seal about to eat a penguin and it's an incredible picture it makes the leopard seal look gargantuan like some prehistoric sea beast um oh, yeah but yeah you know, some incredible images there's some a picture of some leopards crossing a river they all look like they've stood on lego um, <laughs> but the one i picked out was a, a picture of a, an orangutan an old kind of gnarly orangutan stood in some flood water and i, I think he just looks like a, an npc in a role-playing game about to send you on a quest definitely definitely <laughs> yeah that's in, that's amazing really some really amazing photographs on there so have a look at that world niche photography awards.com okay my one is um is uh uh, we got an email today from a chap called Rick Bixter. Did you yes, get yours? And I did indeed. He has a site called Posters Up North. And I love these kind of sites. Uh, it's a bit like AceJet 170. Mm-hmm. 170. I always get it wrong. And uh, he's sort of like, he wanders around Manchester and takes photos of posters that he finds and then sort of documents them. And he's widened that out to the entire North. So it's just really an archive of poster design. He sent us a couple of questions um, for, I guess he's writing a post about it, but um, yeah, I just wanted to say um, thank you for um, getting in touch and uh, we love your site postersupnorth.co.uk and yeah. uh, it's full of you know a, a wide gamut of creative work. And you forget, like, the poster, the ephemeral poster, you know, the band poster, the kind of teardown poster. It's just yep. such a, an area of an amazing freedom and of design. Yeah, it's fantastic. Really, some really, really lovely, interesting stuff on there. I look forward to browsing that even more. Right, pies. Pies. So you've got a M&S gastropug pub steak. Gastropug. Gastropug. <laughs> <laughs> I believe I have heard they are tasty. <laughs> um, and it's National Pie Week, Rob. We didn't say it is. I so that's why we've, um, we've. I mean, every week is Pie Week for us, isn't it, John? But it is at the moment. And I've got uh, from the same range from Marks and Spencers. I've got a chicken and leek pie, and I love a chicken and leek pie. As chain pies, high street pies go, I do think these are really quite good. I've not had one before. That is superb. 
Yeah, the pastry is amazing. It's got a kind of, it's got a very thin short crust on the side, but then a slightly thicker on the outside. Yep. The beef is really oniony, and I can really taste the ale, which you yeah. normally don't get. It's fantastic. Oh, that's going to get, I'm going to give that a nine. It's that good. Sweet baby Jesus. I know. That must be the, have you ever given a ten? No. I think I gave a nine to Mike Sullivan, didn't I? Mm. So I, I'm not comparing Mike's pie. Mike's pie is a superior pie to this, but of the time and now. Yeah, that's a good pie. Uh, it's getting a, This one's getting a nine from me as well. That's the best shot pie I've ever. You know, They're great pies. Yeah. Well done, Mr. Marks and Mr. Spencer. And I've got a tin hat now for later. <laughs> stop the rays getting in. Yes, stop the 5G getting to you. <laughs> what? There's not 5G in the village, is there? Well, we've got 3G on. in your village, have you? No, we've got 4G. I, how very dare you. No, we've. Um, but I am digging a bunker in the garden. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Any other business? I have nothing else to say to you. No. Uh, no, no, no. We will be nothing. promoting We'll be promoting that uh, poster on social media. Yeah. Um, obviously, it'll be promoted before you hear this episode. But, you know, just in case you miss it. <laughs> oh, that was and, great, yeah, and interact with us. Nobody, still nobody's interacted with us, even though no. I put a question on Twitter earlier today. I don't know if anybody's following us. Um, but, yeah, no, nothing, nothing. Yeah. I'll try and rouse the masses. <laughs> uh, okay. We, uh, yeah, we'll see, see you next week. And see you in a week's time. I will speak to you probably later on today about this poster. Perfect. All right. Just your-